the Lash Cast. We love lashes and have a passion to see our industry grow and thrive. And our podcast will discuss ideas, trends, share secrets, debunk myths, and encourage one another. I'm your host, Paul Lubers, and I'm the jail manager at Integrity Lash in Pasadena, California. Well, welcome everyone back today. Really excited to see everyone here at the table in our Lash Cave. And uh, we're basically uh, working this out. We're learning how this is going to flow, and this is going to probably evolve over time. But for now, we're generally going to try to cover two topics. Actually, very excited to have everyone. So Tusney Lubers is here today. (laughs) And uh, Christina Segura is also here. And we're very excited actually to have Erica back with us as she's had some big changes in the last couple of weeks. Welcome back, Mrs. Erica Ross. So, yay. Very excited to have Erica here. She just got married. It was a beautiful wedding. And Erica, we thought we'd start with you since this is something that was pretty big in your life, I guess. Yeah. Do you want to share anything about the wedding? Yeah, sort of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I thought this was a perfect segue into talking about wedding lashes because I got amazing wedding lashes. (laughs) Tessany hooked me up with really great lashes, a little bit more dramatic than my everyday. And it was just, it was really fun to have the bride's perspective because we've all done a lot of bride's lashes Mm -hmm. and, you know, just it helps being on the other side and everybody's different, but seeing like, okay, you know, how do they look in photos? And for me, I didn't even wear eyeliner that day cause they were, it was such a dense lash line and I was just so excited about it. And I feel like it made, I don't know. It just made everything. I, I actually changed my makeup. So I did a trial run with my makeup artist and then I got my wedding lashes. And then I was like, okay, can we not do as dramatic as we were going to do? And we did it a little softer and I felt more bridal, definitely. And so that was really fun. I know we did a little bit of, tested a little bit of uh, volume hacking sort Mm -hmm. of, uh, which was really, really fun. So Yeah, the volume that we did was actually just on the tips. Instead of bringing that fan all the way down to the base, it was just on the tip, so it gave a real soft, feathery look. But I'm I'm curious about your perspective. Like, from the point of the bride, what was it different for you? Like, when you came in and you were lying down on the table, was there anything different? I mean, we we carved out a lot of time, so you could, like... I mean, you basically gave me a new set, and then Mm -hmm. I would say you're doing the volume on the tips as a, like, a... um, what's the word? Advanced, very Mm -hmm. advanced technique. But just laying there knowing like you were, you had the wedding in mind and you had photos in mind from like knowing I could trust that. It was really nice. And and honestly, it was really nice to just sit there and relax and like not pampered. Yeah. Be pampered, not have to think about my list. And so that was really, it was really nice. I'm I'm actually interested this talking about this made me think is there anything different that we do when brides come in like what if you didn't know anything else what would what would we do differently well, we carve out extra time. I mean, yeah. like our regular fills for employees is a two hour fill, which yeah. to a lot of people out there is like, oh my gosh, that's unheard of. But, but that's we, what we do for each other. And we remove so many. Right. And then for Tess, like Tess is the queen bee. And so you're automatically given Tess as an employee a bridal fill and it's a full set. So you were there for three hours, right? Yeah. Three, three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's magic. It's fun because it's a special day and 
you know, like new moms too, it's like you want to make a big deal for them because this is something memorable. It's only like mm-hmm. once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. hopefully, right? Yeah. And so making a big deal about it and going that extra mile just goes so far for yeah. our guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we do when someone comes to our salon to get wedding lashes is we do offer, just as a you know, courtesy, a touch-up just before the wedding. So let's say they come in two weeks before the wedding because they want to have all these photos and the events and preparation to do for the wedding. They want to look beautiful for that whole season. But we will also, like maybe three or four days before the wedding, say, come on in and we'll give them a 30-minute, maybe an hour sometimes. Mm-hmm. A little, just something to just fluff them up, make sure that they look great. The lashes usually hold up fine. But, of course, this is such a special day that we give them something a little bit extra. So that's something we just do for our clients that we know that they love for their wedding because it's such an important, special day. What I actually also had a bride just do is she didn't want anything extra. And so what she said is, I know I'm going to wear strips on top of this. And I was like, okay, let's build in the week after your wedding. Come in. We'll clean off all the adhesive from the day strip and get you back to normal. So we did that as well. That's Mm -hmm. really important for the consult. Um, Sometimes we've had brides that are going to a destination. And so they're like, I'm going to be in Italy in two weeks. So I need them to be perfect in two weeks. So kind of like what you just said, you know that she's going to wear a strip on top of it. So you design accordingly. In the case where they're a destination and they're leaving a couple weeks, you know that they have to last. So what I typically do is say, we're going to do this for longevity so that they're going to bloom. So they're going to be a little bit shorter from the get-go, but I'm going to do them in such a way that they're going to look fantastic in two weeks. As they grow out. And that does require a little bit more precision and definitely more time because you need to count for the fallout that they're going to have. So you need to be adding more in. So... There's also times that as soon as the bride, this particular bride, as soon as she got her date, we booked her wedding lashes. She had a trial actually. So we kept them short. We were like, okay, we know we're building up to this. So let's keep them short and then maybe try that bigger lash and see if you like it. And in the end, she was like, this was great, but I really don't think I want to go bigger. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing we also do uh, when someone comes in as part of the console from the front desk is often they'll be coming in and we'll always ask, have you had lash extensions before? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes no, it just depends. And then the next question we always ask, how many times have you had extensions? Because this happens actually quite a bit. They go, oh, I've had it once. And I want to come in for the new set and then I want another fill just before the wedding. And that gives you the magical... Three. Number three. Number three appointment. Now, our, our, our following here doesn't really know. We, we will probably go into this in great detail at some point about how the glues work. But we have found over now 11 years or 12 years, actually, for you, Tessany, doing lashes, that after the third appointment is when you're generally going to see the allergic reaction to the glue. If, if, if it happens. Five percent yeah. of the population is allergic to cyanoacrylate glues. And it's for whatever reason, no one has yet been able to explain it. I've never read a paper on it or seen any sort of medical journals on it, but it takes three exposures to the glue and that's when it's going to happen. So we always, when that, when we find out it's going to be the third appointment, we'll say, no, what we really need to do, we need to get you in for really three appointments beforehand. So there'll be your fourth appointment just before the wedding because the last thing you want to see is an allergic breakout three days before your wedding and there's nothing you're going to be able to do 
to fix that. It's just going to have yeah. to use makeup to fix it. So that's something we try to make sure we do with all of our guests and uh, make sure we're safe in that safety zone and that they're going to be good to go for the yeah. wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's just a teaser. Yeah. yeah. That's to get your appetite wet for that fun allergic re- reaction talk <laughs> that we all want to have. It's important. Yes. Yeah. So anyhow, I realized today we only kind of covered a, a wedding topic. Maybe we'll come one day and just do a whole podcast on wedding lashes and be best practices and customer care and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It'd be fun. And But for this time, we have two topics. And one of them is really personal right now because it's something we're dealing with currently in the salon that we're in, in uh, here in Pasadena. It's workplace injuries, ergonomics, uh, something that I think a lot of people deal whenever you're dealing with repetitive motion. It's not too uncommon in the beauty industry if you're like a hairstylist to have carpal tunnel struggles your whole career. That's um, I've actually gone forums and asked, and it's amazing. Like a hundred people responding, like, "Oh my gosh, I have carpal tunnel too." Da, 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 da. It's like all these stylists are dealing with it. It's very, very normal, unfortunately. But I don't think it has to be. Like it's something we can do to hopefully fight and come up with the best practices. And we're working on that in our own salon and trying to find the best ergonomics, the best ways to to deal with the problem, like proactively, not reactively, but just be on top of it. So I thought I'd throw it on the table and ask you guys, um, what do we do? So what are some tips on how we work on towards avoiding workplace injury? And the reason why, again, I brought up such personal right now, we actually had someone miss the last three weeks because they basically got overuse syndrome, got a little tendonitis, and they basically had to rest their hands. They couldn't do anything, and it was very unfortunate. Thankfully, you know, the way we've set things up at our salon, we take care of our team, whether we pay the salary or at some point we do have workers' comp to take care of that. Mm-hmm. So they're not it's not like they went three weeks and didn't make any money. But we do our best to try to make sure that they are still taken care of so that they can rest and truly rest and not be stressing the whole time. So anyhow, that's our topic today, or at least our first one. Workplace injuries, how do we avoid it? Well, we kind of learned the, the hard way. We, we learned by um, working ourselves, like being a, a, a mouse on a wheel, and then all of a sudden, oh, uh, my hands are hurting and they're hurting. They're starting to hurt and it's kind of nagging, but you know, you just, you've got clients in the schedule. You just got to push through it. And I just, you know, when, when it happened to me, my hands were bugging me, but I know I had a full schedule and team that was depending. So I just kind of ignored it and pushed on. And that wasn't the right thing to do. One of the things, the biggest things is that we changed is taking breaks. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time that I got injured, I was just overworking. It was basically six days a week and 10 hours a day, uh, just clients back to back. And in the beginning, it's kind of a rush. It's kind of exciting to be in demand, and you kind of get excited about that. And even though the uh, spirit is willing, so to speak, the um, body has limits. And I learned that the hard way. Uh, the pain starts in in the like kind of the palm of the hand, and it's kind of hard to grip the tweezers. And um, so I went to the doctor, hand specialist, and. They gave me kind of like a steroid shot right right in that spot, and it was wonderful. I mean, it just made it so that it felt, felt like nothing. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, you can only have two of these in your lifetime, and that's it. And the reason why is because the poking 
of that area can create scar tissue and it can over time compromise the, the, the nerves and the tendons. So you only get two. So I knew that and each one lasted about six months. And then after that, you could talk about surgery. So I did that. I exhausted my limit on the um, shots and then it was just, you could take pain medication. And at the time they were giving me like opiates and those will just kind of mess you up. They, they, they're, first of all, they can be highly addictive. So you have to be very careful about that. Uh, but they also kind of slow down your whole system and everything gets a little sluggish and, you know, it's, it's not that fun to be on. But the biggest thing that improved with this, I mean, I did eventually have to have surgery, but the best thing about that was just having time to recover from that. And from that, of me having to go through the surgery, we made changes in the salon. Right. Not yeah, just me. well, we, we came up with a, a list basically of things that help fight inflammation and overuse and things that helped. And then I know like for me, other things help more than other things on the list. Mm -hmm. And so I think like that's just the best thing. Yeah. I mean, everyone here, by the way, has had injuries. I mean, I know that Christina at one point called like, like her hands really flared up crazy. Erica has had the same issues. It's not something that's uh, unique just to Tusney. This is a common problem. But also to that, um, when you were so injured, our team was a lot smaller. So there wasn't Mm -hmm. anybody there. I mean, there was a couple of us that we did work just as much and not for that longevity that you had done. But we were working 10-hour days to compensate mm-hmm. and take your people. That's and then right. they weren't even happy because we weren't <laughs> Tessany level at the time. Or I don't even think now. But, you know, there was only a couple of us trying to fill your void. And then it was such a different time that we mm-hmm. really couldn't take the time to get better. So when you're like, yes. that surgery finally gave me the time, just so people understand, like you literally were like a walking zombie at one point. And it was, oh, I, I was. mean, we watched you crying doing lashes. Oh, the tears was just streaming down my face. Unbelievable. It, and it, so to see, to know you were in so much pain and still trying to get that done because you're the leader and, you know, like you had to do it. It was yeah. something. But then I think because none of us knew about breaks or, or we were mm-hmm. all just working so hard, it mm-hmm. kind of created like, oh, well, it kind of created a domino effect yeah. in everybody yeah. else yeah. because they're picking up the slack and working over time, over and, time and not having the rest. Right. One of the biggest changes that we made was that we have mandatory breaks now. Right. Um, can you share what, what the breaks yeah. are? We basically decided, or this is two things, it's twofold. One, because it's really important that your staff can actually go to the bathroom, eat, (laughs) stretch, take care of themselves in between clients. Because back in the old days when it wasn't that way, we literally would have four, five, six clients and they wouldn't take lunch. No one wanted to take lunch. And a lot of that's because when you're in the commission model, which we're not, you don't want a break because you want to squeeze as many people as as you can. But the problem is you're going to eventually wear out. You can't do that three, four, five, six, eight, ten years of just constant back to back to back. Eventually your body will begin to to rebel and fight back. So we now pretty much between every client, either of your break or you have a lunch and it allows you to stretch, to go to the bathroom. It's 15 minutes. Also allows you, if there's a real problem in the room, you have 
have some room that you can use if you need to. We don't encourage our team to use it for that, but it is there if it's someone that you really care about, you know, and you're like, you know what, I'll give you five more minutes and just fix that little problem. And that, I think that's been nice to have that little breathing room in there. But that alone, I think it's been our biggest improvement. And I think that helps our team avoid injury. In fact, we've noticed that the ones who ignore the breaks mm-hmm. are the ones who tend to finally yeah. get injured. I was just going to say that I noticed for me, I was working through all my breaks. Yeah. Um, and that's when the pain would come. Like I'd just get super achy in both my wrists. And so I think it's important to point out that when we do still have work injuries, because we've taken these steps and we have these like things of advice that we say that we need to follow. I think, you know, when we investigate and find out, okay, are you getting enough sleep? Are you drinking water? Are you working through your breaks or not? Like those things all really affect the the pain that we might have or might not have. And I think that that's just, I mean, for me, it was everything. It totally changed. I could almost not do anything else but take breaks and I won't have any pain. Right. Yeah. But it's also like going to have a drink at happy hour on Thursday and coming to work Friday and I feel my hands inflamed. Because you're I'm so like, dehydrated. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. amazing that what the difference makes. In fact, the, the last person who got injured, her injury came after the, the big fires in Burbank and yeah. she, her place, her home was right next to the fires. So for like three or four days, she didn't sleep. Sleeping. She was up 24 hours. Hours, yeah. monitoring monitoring the fire and making sure she didn't have to run out for the, her dear life and scary. that just screwed up everything I'm almost certain that's really I mean she also struggled with, struggled with breaks but that's the trigger when she didn't sleep for three or four days and then she came into work and she tried to work and her hands just, just exploded and, she, and thus she took three weeks off so yeah sleep is huge I think if you're not sleeping yeah. that's a big um, big yeah. problem mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like being a new mom for those of you who've who are parents you know you're you're laying down your life for your infant and you're doing everything you're sacrificing and it's for a worthy cause but over time if you neglect yourself like you're Mm -hmm. not eating you're not taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself you don't have any alone time you get really crazy inside and your fuse gets really short and it's kind of the same thing if you're not taking care of yourself by like taking breaks and some of the things that we're going to share with you 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 have nothing left for yourself. So, so important. Uh, The good news I want to encourage everybody with is that if you are feeling pain and you are feeling scared, you know, it it is scary thinking, can I do this for uh, the rest of my life? I do want to encourage you, you can. And we're going to share these protocols with you. And we've had really great success. And I encourage you to do all of them. Mm -hmm. One of them, we'll just kind of go down the list here, is um, we talked about it already, is sleep. Getting enough sleep is a really big factor. If you are burning the candle at both ends, by the end of the week, you can be super sore. Mm -hmm. Our bodies heal and create those reparative enzymes and, and things like that while we're sleeping. And it only happens during that deep sleep. So if you cheat yourself, your body doesn't have that time to repair the muscles and do all that magic stuff that our bodies do. Uh, So one of the things you can do is make sure that you're getting enough sleep. I think we saw over and over for you that 
when we would sleep three or four hours as we're working late in the business or something, we go in the next day, it was almost 100% I get a text from you, my hands hurt. Yeah, exactly. Almost every, every, every time. time. Wait, let's revisit the fact that you two are married, and that's why you know how much sleep she's getting. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. No, I monitor all our staff's sleep patterns. We put Fitbits on everyone. And then, oh, wait, Erica's only getting three hours. Okay, we're taking her off the floor today. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, thank nice. you for sharing. I know, I was like, wait, that's how a good idea. You know that? <laughs> Anyhow, so what's fir- some other things we do? Well, what we encourage people is that at the very first inkling of pain, tenderness. Some of those clues are when you go to wash your hands and the hot water or the cold water feels Feels so good. Instantly soothing. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of a clue that your body is saying you need to slow down because at first you don't go from screaming pain. It it builds up. That's a clue. It's like when you're washing your hands and and you feel this deep sense of relief that you just want to keep your hands underneath Mm -hmm. it. That's a sign to listen to, to slow down a little bit. So um, if you start at that time uh, with this routine, would you like to share the the icing routine that we have? Yeah, we have found that icing is imperative when you are starting to feel those pains and the, mm-hmm. see those signs. So we, um, I think it's 20 minutes if you can. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's so, <laughs> I can't no. do it. It's so painful. But um, we have ice chests in our break room and I've actually like texted the front desk and said, Hey, can you set up a nice bucket for me after this client? I need to stick my hands in ice. And so we have ice packs and we get, you know, fill it full of water and we stick our hands in there for really as long as we can take it. Mm -hmm. I'm a baby, so I I really can't last that long, but, um, as long as possible. And then the best part is you could put your wrists and hands directly into warm hot water and that feels so oh, it's good so it's so mm-hmm. nice yeah but that like immediately reduces inflammation and that really you know mm-hmm. gets everything back the hot and the cold um you don't want to do super super hot because right. your hands are just cold but the change of temperature does help with the blood flow so practically speaking if you go to Kmart, Walmart, Target, and get a Coleman cooler, it can keep the water pretty cold all day. If you don't have ice packs, you can use two trays of ice cubes. The thing is, is that the ice cubes melt. If you do more than two trays, it can get so cold, it's almost impossible. What we've done is we went to Daiso, it's my favorite, and I got the um, little cold packs, you know, the blue ones that you put in the lunch boxes to keep the milk cold. If you put a whole bunch of those in the freezer, then you can just kind of rotate those and it stays kind of cold all day. Do you know how cold the ideal temperature should be so somebody could measure it? You know, we should find that out. Yeah. I don't know. But I know that if you use three blocks in the Coleman cooler that, that we have, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Or it's like one of the two, smaller ones that just like you your take hands to work fit or something. It. Yeah, your hands fit. But it's not the giant cooler that you would go to. Yeah, like yeah it's a, a portable a one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then you can get like a bucket or even a five-gallon bucket and fill that up with warm water. Or you can just even do it in the sink. Mm-hmm. But it's really soothing to do it right after. Mm-hmm. And then another treat is to get like a paraffin wax bath and put your hands in that. It just has a very nice soothing heat mm-hmm. and, and that's really comforting. 
With the ice, we found it, it really needs to be painful. That's the sad part. <laughs> it can't oh, just yeah. be, oh, it's just a little cold. I've seen that. We've had some staff, they'd go in there, and I'd feel the water and go, okay, that, I'm sorry to tell you, that's not cold enough. If you can keep your hands in there for 20 minutes and just literally be looking on your, using your other hand to read your iPhone or your news and just totally pleasant, like you're at the coffee shop relaxing. That's not, not what it needs no. to be. It has to be one of those things where your hand's in there and you're going, holy crap, I want to get my hand out of this yeah. as soon as I can, because then you know it's painful. Yeah. And the reason why we do the ice and the water is because a cold pack does not work as effectively. It only gets one portion of the hand and you really want to... You want to immerse the whole hand. Immerse the whole hand. Although, you know, if you can, all the way up to the elbow because a lot of the nerves insert right there and the tendons at the elbow. Yeah, but what we found there's two the two nerves that get irritated for the most part are the ulnar nerve, which is in the elbow. Yeah. And uh, that, you know that's irritated if your pinky and your ring finger are feeling numb or tingling. That's your ulnar nerve. Before that, you also feel it. Like me, my elbows, I just automatically bring them into my sides and mm-hmm. like they're closer to me than normal. Like I'm like, why am I walking like this? Oh, because you compensate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pushing them in. For me, for me, I found that part of my protocol in remaining pain free is I can massage my hands and that helps. Like it feels good, but it doesn't fix anything. I have to have the ulna muscles all around there really, elbow. yeah, really worked out Damn. and get all of that junk broken up because mm-hmm. that feeds into my hands. And you so go to the chiropractor I, for that, right? Yeah. I usually go like twice a week and he'll work on it once. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that and taking consistent breaks for me were so were my deep tissue formula. massage is yeah. another one of the things yeah. we strongly encourage mm-hmm. our staff to mm-hmm. do to get either on each other or going to a chiropractor. We also have a tool. Rapid release. Rapid release. That's really good at, it's probably the best tool we've ever found that it's chiropractors use. It's a really use. high-powered massage. massager. It's, yeah. it's industrial strength and it breaks up the fascia. Just like Erica said, the massage is really important. Not a light, fluffy one that just kind of feels mm-hmm. good, but actually breaking the fascia apart and moving the arm as you do it in the opposite motion as you're massaging it really helps it to break apart. So it's important that the massage in some ways be kind of painful. You're, yeah. It's active release. You're kind of working it and moving the arm in the opposite motion to mm-hmm. break up the way that your arm has fixed. As we hold our arms and our hands in the same position to do the work that we do over and over again, the body creates strong fascial connections to support that work that we're doing. But in order to feel relief, you have to move it in the opposite direction and you have to work it. So a deep tissue massage is Mm -hmm. like an active release therapy is really good. Some chiropractors do it. Some massage therapists do it. But that's really important, kind of like the stretching in the opposite direction. Having a foam roller at home is really great Mm because you can do it yourself and it gets all those different angles. Mm -hmm. So that's worked for a lot of people. And the way you use that is you you take it on the table and then you rub your arm back and forth. Yeah, you have to create pressure. Yeah. And so I'll just put it on my table and I'll do it, you know, palm down and push down hard on it and just roll. And then I'll twist it and I'll get the top part of my arm Mm -hmm. and yeah, forearm and do the same thing. And that 
helps because just doing it with my hand, like it's not enough to do it yourself. Pressure, yeah. Yeah. So having someone else massage or the foam roller for me is really helpful. If you don't have a foam roller, you can also use a rolling pin or a tennis ball ball, (laughs) or the edge of your sink. If it's got a rounded tile, you can kind of press on it. Yeah. You get creative with corners (laughs) that you find in your house. You're like, ooh. Yes. Or your husband's elbow or something like that. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. put pressure on. Um, Other things I know we use, um, we always talked about taking anti-inflammatories. So like Aleve works really well. I know turmeric, adding that to your diet, either through their little vitamin pills, you can take that turmeric that helps. The Aleve um, or naproxen sodium or ibuprofen, when you're in an acute state, like when you first realize that your hands and your arms are starting to get a little bit irritated, Mm -hmm. that's the time it is to be really diligent about the icing and taking the anti-inflammatories because you're in an acute state. And what you want, you're not going to do this forever, but you want to get yourself past this inflammatory phase. So the recommendation is to take the Aleve and the ibuprofen around the clock Mm -hmm. just for that short period, like maybe a week. Uh, Aleve, depending on the dosage, it's once every 12 hours. Ibuprofen, it's like two tablets, depending on your weight, every four to six hours. And we recommend not skipping a dose because you're really trying to get your body to be not inflamed. And you combine that therapy, the NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, with the ice, with the massage, and you're Mm -hmm. doing it twice a day, you're going to be really active and proactive about um, combating that inflammation, getting you down from the ledge. My recommendation is not to ignore it because that's when you get problems and you get to a place where you absolutely cannot work. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. You want to be proactive about it. Again, it's really important not to drink during this time. When you're when acute, you, because kind of you think like an alcohol drink, <laughs> seriously, because you're like, you're dehydrating yourself and you're yeah. just taking out all the water and you're making it worse. You're like, I'm going to have a drink. It hurts so bad. And it's like totally backfires on you. Mm-hmm. And you might forget to take care of yourself if you drink too much. <laughs> so sometimes when, when you have worked yourself to a point where your muscles and everything are really irritated, you take a day off or you have the weekend and then you come back and... You think that it's going to be better, but it's actually worse. Mm -hmm. We've noticed that too. If you're really acute and you're not taking care of yourself, that break time can cause it when you go back to work, you pick up the tweezers and it's just on fire. That's a clue for you to start this protocol right away. You know, when I went in and they said I had carpal tunnel, they didn't give me the shot because I wasn't to Mm -hmm. the point you were in the wrist. It was actually just a shot in the arm and it was a really high dosage of an NSAID Mm -hmm. with something that immediately, I mean, they could have chopped off my arm to make me feel better and I was like, take my arm. Mm -hmm. But it immediately, within maybe 30 minutes, I felt better. Not a hundred percent, but I felt better. And our next little point that we're going to talk about, I just wanted to say, it's not always just the hands. So Mm -hmm. because the way I sit and I was not sitting properly, I think I still don't sit properly. And I think I haven't figured out what my proper seat placement is now, is that when they told me I had carpal tunnel, I also thought I was having recurring UTIs and I was having all these bladder problems. And I was like, what is going on? I was on the hunt for something. Oh, I must have kidney disease or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and it turned out um, I went to a specialist and I had a tight pelvic floor. So my muscles from sitting improperly, they were just so tight. They were um, squeezing other things inside of me. And so I thought I had I had to go have a cyst remove and they mm-hmm. looked for fibroids and there was all these surgeries they were setting me up for. And when I saw the specialist, he's like, no, people are not generally told the right thing because they're taught to look in different places. Mm-hmm. The specialist says, it's, you know, you're not here to have a cyst removed. You're here because you have these tight pelvic muscles. He's like, do you sit all the time? I'm like, actually, I do sit all the time. So unfortunately, in that case, I had to go for physical therapy and it was internal. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, let's make sure this never happens again. Um, and so I started acupuncture and actually I couldn't get rid of that pain for what, two, three years. And I was constantly having these feelings and I went to acupuncture once and this guy cupped me, it's cupping, you know, um, he did this thing and it was mostly relieved. So now I'm going for that. And so it's not just our hands we need to pay attention to like my body was saying hey no something else is going on and I had Mm -hmm. to investigate so if you guys are having problems with other parts like think it might be connected yeah the Mm -hmm. way you're sitting or or the way you're lashing you're too close or whatever it is Uh, about the way people sit one of the things that can be really hard on the body is if you are working uh, taking clients and you're using a massage table that has a barrier where you cannot put your legs underneath and you have mm-hmm. to spread your legs wide to get underneath that, that's really hard on the hips. And you can do it for a little while, but repeated, like for four years, you're going to run into problems like, you know, what you had. We we do know of um, a colleague that did have to have a hip replacement because it was so ergonomically bad. Yeah, you, I mean, I'll just jump on that because I talked to her and this is like a year ago and she spent about five years doing lashes and she said one of the things to add it to is she's older she was in her late 40s early 50s and she said because I'm a little older obviously I don't know that that's older yeah I know (laughs) it's young for me who are you talking to yeah (laughs) but the average age I think of the lash stylist is in their mid-20s so for them that's much older fine Uh, but anyhow this this uh, young lady lady, she basically said that after five years of working and having to spread her legs to do the splits is basically what she was doing to get close enough to be able to do the work that she had to have her hip replaced. And the doctor said it was directly correlated to the way she was sitting and the way she was working. And now her one of her big purposes, and this is why she reached out to us, because she saw our Snapchat, we were talking about ergonomics that day, and she jumped on that, said what you guys are saying is dead on, that you need to get people's legs under the the table mm-hmm. so they're not doing the splits and you need to change your position a little bit mm-hmm. try to you know don't just get stuck in one way of doing work and i think like christina was saying too and i think this is why breaks are important is you gotta get up and move you don't just yeah. sit there all day and just take client after client and your only way you get up is to go pick your client up and bring them to your room that's all i do that's all you, yeah. you, you i'm about to get a fitbit because um, my husband, we were joking and he's like, you know, you're supposed to get your 10,000 steps in. I'm like, dude, I probably get like 400 steps a day <laughs> unless I'm purposeful, you know? Yeah. So. Well, they say that if you sit, f- um, for one hour, you're supposed to move two minutes. And what I have been doing, and I want to encourage everybody else to do, we have a staircase that leads up to our, um, uh, office suite is 
in between clients, I am trying to run up and down the stairs at least once. Just it gets the the body moving and it's all good for you. So that's kind of my goal. So I'll put that out there. Mm-hmm. Encourage you guys to do the same thing too. Apple watches are good for that. Mm-hmm. If you're a big Apple fan, they're Wait, a little let me watch. go back to that because yeah. that's actually a big deal for you because you take the elevator up the stairs up the <laughs> I take the elevator because <laughs> of the heels. So right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing take that. Take your high heels off and then run up and down the stairs instead. Well, also, that's a good point. We shouldn't be wearing heels. Like when I started with Tess that's and we weird. were all breaking down, we all wore heels. Like we yeah. wore heels and we had pencil Even skirts. Me. So you couldn't like <laughs> no, you couldn't. open your legs or <laughs> sit comfortably or, you know, it was. Yes, I have definitely changed my approach. You can you can wear flats. I want you to be comfortable. In fact, I'm wearing flats today. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, let me just say. So when I started, Tess is like, my dream is that all the girls are going to wear bustiers. <laughs> And I was like, Tess, your husband's at the front desk. Like, I'm not sure I want to do that. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to wear bustiers and like a little cute like peplum and fishnets with our heels. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. But Paul's at the front desk. And now she's like, maybe we should get scrubs and I know. flats. Exactly. exactly. Go full medical. How far we've come. Yes, yes. We keep changing all the time. That's for sure. So... Obviously, other things that work are like acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I think someone brought up um, yoga. Yeah. I know one of our team members does yoga regularly. She says that really helps because they... Hot yoga. Pilates. The deep stretch. Pilates has really helped me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The chair that you're working with. Oh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the chair. The ideal chair has a pan. That's the part that you sit in. You got to make sure that the pan is big enough because we started out, I had these tiny little chairs just because they were the least expensive, but they were like the size of a 10-inch pizza. Mm-hmm. It didn't support anybody. Mm-hmm. You That is very uncomfortable and very hard. So you want to make sure that the pan is big enough and generous that you have space on the sides even. The other thing you want to check for is that the pan tilts forward because your pelvis really should be mm-hmm. forward so that the back is straight almost like your knees are pointing down. That will make sure that your knees are underneath the table and your pelvis is in the right position. The other thing that helps us keep that back straight is that we use loops. Mm -hmm. The loops allow that back to be straight, so the neck only has to be forward just a couple inches. If you are not using any kind of optics, what happens is you have to curve that back so that you get your face right over the client's head. We generally refer to this as eating soup off the client said, but we were talking about, what was the other thing that we call it? I said, it's like when your grandma lost her glasses and she's <laughs> oh God, knitting. It's so sad. <laughs> and she is all hunched over because she can't see what she's doing. That's knitting on somebody's forehead. Yeah. So if you're eating soup off somebody's forehead or doing lashes without um, loops or, you know, you, it's not so great for your back. You have to hunch and curl and it's really hard on the shoulders. So you might want to consider using some kind of optics because mm-hmm. it really helps you keep that back nice and straight. The other thing about the chair, the chairs that we have have two poles on the side with arms that can move in and out. So They're dental chairs, just so people know what right. type of chair we use. It's a dental chair that we had manufactured with some specs for the type of work that we do. Right. And that that arm allows you to rest the elbow Mm -hmm. so that you're not raising your shoulder high, you know, and that's crawling up while you're working. It allows you to put your elbows right on that pad 
And also, if you want, you can move the pad, that armrest, right in front of your stomach so you're kind of leaning forward and it does help you keep the back straight. If you look at any pictures of an ophthalmic surgeon, the setup that he or she would use, it's so important because they're doing that fine detail work. It's the same work that we're doing uh, to avoid the fatigue and to give you the most control. You do have to have your elbows supported. And having that stationary bar there or the, the armrest there is, is really helpful. You know, I also make sure that my guest is really close to me. She's like her head is almost in my lap. And so it's funny that you say that about putting the armrest really close because I'll hit them sometimes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. But they don't really feel it. They just want their lashes on. So they're really close to me. They're also the right height that I'm not bending over. And it's different for everybody. I Mm -hmm. tilt my client down a little bit, Mm -hmm. not too much so that they don't get dizzy. They're inverted. Yeah. But uh, tilting them down just a little so that I don't... Feel like I'm like peering over their head of a mountain to see their eyes. And why is that important? Well, we have to be able to see what we're doing. If and especially if you know, we'll probably talk about eye shapes a different time. But if a client has a deep set eye and their head is really high, it's almost impossible. So and a high nose. Bridge. Nose bridge, yeah. 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 I mean, there's so much that goes into it, but for me, I have to have their head down just a little bit and then um, I can I can see in the loops, of course, are yeah. key for that as well. But being able to see and it and you have to play around with it. So you have to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. I know some of the other girls like the head raised a little higher, but for me, that was another thing that I realized was when the pain would go away was when the head was in the right place and we'll share rooms and share beds. And I have to always, if I don't readjust it, I know immediately like 10 yeah. minutes into the appointment, I'm like, Oh man, the head is too high. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like it right. really makes a huge difference for me. Huge. So a kind of a rough estimate to find out, you know, where, where you should go. It's, it's kind of like the head should be like right in front of your Bosom. <laughs> you're, you're like right around. Bosom is such an old word, isn't it? Well, it probably depends. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Probably depends. So if you don't have loops, it's going to be different. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I also recently invested in personalized loops because I've always used the ones that you guys provide. Mm-hmm. And it was always hard for me because I didn't realize I couldn't see. So I went to the doctor and was trying these things out to not get these headaches I was getting. And she was like, you know, maybe you should invest in, in the personalized loops. And they also measure your distance from your eyes to your hands where you're working. And that, that's yeah. made such a difference. Cause now I know the second, if something's blurry, yeah. something's not right. I need to raise myself or lower myself. And then it's just, it's that's money. Right. It's right yeah. where it should be. Your eyes to your hand distance is called the working distance. And if you get personalized loops, the kind of loops that you got are through the lens mm-hmm. where there's a lens and the actual magnifying piece is actually through the glass part. And those are personalized because they have to measure your pupillary distance and it's perfect. So you can customize exactly what you want that working distance to be, 10 to 14 inches. Mm-hmm. The ones that we use for everybody it's got the loops and then there's nothing there. So we do that on purpose so that if anybody needs readers or they have prescription lenses, they can wear that with the mm-hmm. loops on top. The loops are separate. So there's a difference between 
through the lens. Mm-hmm. But, but those I, can be adjusted to anybody. I've noticed, though, the difference for me personally was that I sit up straighter. Mm-hmm. So I know the second with the other ones, because my personal eyes were yes. so shaky that I would have to move up or down or even it's during true. my appointment. So I would get like a crooked neck. But now I'm like, oh, this you're is right wrong. in the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that right is, away. That's awesome. Another thing that I was going to bring up that I've seen um, on social media, you'll see people using massage chairs, not the massage table. By the way, I think as a tip, really looking to get in a facial bed. Yeah. That's going to be the bed that's going to give you the ability to adjust the head the most. Again, one of the problems with the massage beds, and I'll go to the chair in a second, but the beds themselves, you can't adjust. You can no. go up and down the legs, but you can't adjust the head up a little bit, the legs down a little bit mm-hmm. like that because they're flat. Well, I will say if somebody is using a massage table, there is one way that you can make it work. It always comes with that attachment head, that round horseshoe yep. shape with the pad. Mm-hmm. If you get that, you use it because that will allow you, you put the poles right in the holes at the end of the bed. Mm-hmm. It allows your legs to go right underneath so that you're sitting properly, you're not spreading your hips, and you will have to put a pillow on top of it, but you can do it properly that way. But I, I was using one this way. Over time, uh, the poles kind of fail and the head will fall. So <laughs> it, it, if you can, you can Oops. get one custom made that's made of wood so that it's solid. Yeah, I've, I, the worst is it falls and you're stuck in the middle of an appointment. So, but you can use a massage table in that way. Yeah. The reflexology chair, you said a massage yeah, reflex, table. It's a, it's a reflexology chair. They, they have them all over the place. Um, there for doing people's feet or sometimes you'll see in lash salons that they're using like a couch that's really really cute but it's if it if you have to be over the client the client's head cannot go down like so that the top of their head is facing your chest if the top of their head is facing your face it is too high and you're going to be over, like you're appearing you climb over, over climbing the over. To get to the eyes, yeah. And, and it is really hard on the body. I don't recommend that. I learned that. It's going to be tough on way. the back mm-hmm. uh, over time. Uh, I know that some people wear back braces. They'll wear that. That helps to give them that support mm-hmm. to keep their straight back straight, mm-hmm. which is, I, I can see that being very productive, especially if you uh, have issues and you have back pain, finding a way to, to support your back would be a smart thing to do that. Another thing or tools I've seen that we don't use, but I've seen and people have liked them. We have a couple from Sugar Lash. They have like that ring and the wrist. I think it was for the wrist too. And those two things are there to massage your, your fingers and your hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sugar Lush makes this, it looks like a kid's experiment that you can kind of stretch apart. It looks like a science project. It looks like a science (laughs) project, hexagon kind of toy, but it's kind of cool. Uh, One goes on your finger, and as you roll it down, it kind of massages your fingers, and there's one that goes on your hand, and you can kind of use it to massage the wrist. It's just going to make it feel a little bit better. You can do the same thing by massaging with your fingers. Yeah. Another thing that we we have in the back room and it's available for people, it's a carpal tunnel solution. It was made by a hairdresser and they're disposable tabs. Basically, you put one sticker on the palm of your hand, the bottom of your hand, and it pulls the skin apart from the medial nerve and it just keeps the pressure off of that Um we didn't have that great success with it, but it was a little large. Like it was too big for my palm to do mm. anything. It wasn't. Yeah. You, you tried it too, didn't you? Mm, yeah. What were your thoughts on it? I felt like it felt good, but it didn't really. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it helped or not. Yeah. I probably didn't 
use it consistently enough? Well, we have it there as a, as a, it, it's basically just pulls the skin apart. So it's not putting pressure on the median nerve, but you can also use the wrist guards. Um, yeah. They're really hard to work with, but you, once you feel that initial ping of pang, that's when you need to go into get down the inflammation and you have to do everything. So investing or going to the doctor, because depending on your insurance, they'll give it to you free, but it will keep the wrist from bending and that will especially when you're sleeping, it keeps it okay. straight. And- so my doctor gave that to me with the shot. And so he's like, okay, go home and put these on. And if you're not going to work with it, as soon as you're done working, put them on and sleep with them till the next day. Okay, this is a good idea. For um, My husband's 6'4". And so it's really important that you know that because we're asleep <laughs> and I roll over and I hit him in the head with this metal thing. And he's like, gross, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? And he's like, you hit me. I'm like, why would I hit you in your sleep? So I go back to bed and I did it again. He's so <laughs> mad at me. He's like, oh my God, why are you doing this? So if you have a partner who's... Wear a helmet? Yeah. yeah it, wear a helmet. Just be, be mindful that you might wake them up and smack them in the head. Do you slap them all the time so all night had, normally? I, I don't... Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the metal's what wakes so them up. Just be mindful. You might smack them. Um, one thing, too, we want to mention, too, with... I know a lot of people do mobile services, and that's going to be wear on you after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're driving around to people's homes, and now you're doing it on their beds, their couches, their kitchen table, whatever. If you're, if you're not bringing your own setup... Yeah. You are at the mercy of whatever they have. And I remember, you know, in the very beginning being in horrible situations where you're just, it's almost like you're a Cirque du Soleil person trying to work, you know. But at that time, I was also using things like the reflexology chair, so I wasn't doing myself any favors. (laughs) Yeah, but that's something to really think about if you're doing mobile. You really need to get your own setup. And you probably, if you don't already know that, you may already feel that. If not, the better thing long term is get yourself into a place where you have a permanent setup that's best for you physically because you don't want to be doing that for five, ten years. Plus the lugging everything around, all that stuff, it's going to be tough on your back and your shoulder and all that. You actually probably also want to make sure that mobile is okay to do in your state. That's right. That's actually, that's kind of the elephant in the room. Um, A lot of people start out doing that, but there's actually, in in the state of California, it's not legal. Mm -hmm. There are situations where it is. Um, One of them is if you have a salon and the client is unable to come in, Mm -hmm. they have to book the appointment through the salon and then the technician can go out. But if you want to do it where your business is purely mobile, there are some restrictions. I know that you had some experience with that because you were yeah, looking you, into that. You actually have to have, um, it, you have to have a space that's mobile. So it's not like you can put your stuff in a car and drive. You need a mobile unit. Like an that, RV or something? Yes, mm-hmm. that has the capabilities of water, running water and warm water. And a bathroom too. And a bathroom. Yeah, so I thought I was going to get like an ice cream truck and be cute. And it was like, no, it turned into this RV and it turned into this thing that if I really wanted to be able to be insured, because that was my concern. I didn't want to go mobile. And it's like opening a mini salon, exactly. basically, on yes. wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which is a really cute idea, like a VW bus. It would be so cute. You might as well just... I don't know, find a team. (laughs) That's right. And if you don't have insurance, in fact, I know no insurer will insure you, at least in California, if you do that, or you claim you have a location and yet you're still mobile, you're not covered when you're out doing the thing. So if you have an incident and you get Mm -hmm. glue or something bad happens and the client decides to sue you for damages, you're not protected. 
Right. And you're going to be in big trouble. It's something you really want to think about. The other thing I remember one of the first times I was I was doing this, and this made me think, oh, this is not the way to go. Um, I had a, a bit of remover, and I put it on the client's coffee oh, table. God. And the remover is a solvent, like acetone, and it made a ring and left a ring on her coffee table. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness she was really cool. She's like, I'm going to get rid of that. Don't even worry about it. But it's like if you have a spill or anything in in the house, you're responsible for that. And you can't often control the environment. Many times there's pets, there's kids, mm-hmm. there's other things that you have to be waiting around for to do somebody mobile. And, and you got to consider those things. So before we're going to wrap this up here in a second, one last thing I wanted to cover and talk about for people who are doing this, protect themselves, is there's two things you can do. First, you can work for a company so that if you get injured and you need to take them off, there's this thing called workers' comp that the employers are required by law, at least in California. I don't know if that's nationwide, but in California, we're required to carry a workers' comp, Mm -hmm. which pays about three-quarters of your salary. And um, at least it means you have to miss work. At least there's someone there, a safety net to take care of you. Now, we usually, as our company, we usually end up paying out pocket for a couple of weeks ourselves. And if it goes beyond that, at some point, we do move it over to workers' comp because of the budget constraints. But if, let's say, I know that most people do work for themselves, like 70% or more actually work by themselves. There's also insurance you can get for yourself. It costs, I think it's going to be a couple thousand dollars a year. It's not cheap. Uh, we've looked into it because Tustin is the only employee in our salon who's not insured right now. <laughs> so everyone else if gets injured. Yeah. There's workers comp. When you're the boss, there's no workers comp for you. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't apply. In fact, we have to sign a waiver saying you're not covered by the workers comp insurance. So, but it's really important that if you are working for yourself, you may want to look into that. Uh, you can probably talk to any insurance broker and ask them, what do you have for me? If I were to get injured while working and I would still get paid because it's there's a good chance if you do lashes for a long time, at some point your body That's may just true. break down. I mean, we're, what we're going to do, by the way, as a, as a gift to our listeners, is I'm going to create a PDF that's going to be our best practices for avoiding injury. So they'll just give you, I have already right now for some people in our team when they've gotten to, to that point of being too injured, I actually give them a little spreadsheet and it's like a little calendar and it says, do these things every day. Mm-hmm. Like make sure you're drinking water, make sure you're sleeping eight hours, make sure you're stretching, making sure one thing we didn't even talk about is light stem. We have okay. this thing with LED light therapy that we really strongly It's an encourage. infrared. Infrared. infrared That's light, right. Yeah. Infrared. So we go through that and we say, use all these things and make sure that you're following these because these will speed up your recovery and it helps also as a little reminder to have that so we'll have that pdf that we'll create and then also just i'm going to share take all these ideas we have and put it on there so that you can download that we'll have a link on our podcast and you can take that as a little gift to you guys so that you can hopefully continue to maintain and not get injured but be proactive and the good news is is that we have seen great results and we encourage people before you get to the place where you cannot pick up the tweezer tell us. We'll get you on this program. We're going to take care of you. It usually takes about just 
two weeks before people can start being fine again. And then the good news after that is that they've learned some some good habits and they can really kind of manage themselves and, and pull them back from the ledge when they are working too much or if something's going on at home and they're moving or something like that. They just know to sleep a little bit more, but people own it a little bit more. But the good news is, is that it, if you follow these things and take good care of yourself, you really can come back from the edge and continue in the work. You know, one thing that I wanted to add in terms of insurance, I have supplemental insurance as well. So, and it specifically covers disability. So oh, that's Aflac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have a Aflac representative, and so I have that. Um, and it actually covers myself and my whole family because I have two boys that you know could come home with a broken arm. But it covers that, and it's like thirty or forty dollars a month. Yeah, that one's not that expensive, and it's mm-hmm. like a secondary insurance plan that's a backup, kind of like disaster insurance. So if mm-hmm. everything goes wrong, this will help you to pay your at least their salary on top of whatever else you have going. So you can still get your workers' comp, and then they will make up the difference mm-hmm. so that you don't miss um, too much of a salary. So it's another option that's for you. A, another benefit too. Yeah, so Aflac, we 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 advertise for all sorts of people <laughs> and get nothing for it. Sugar Lash, Daiso, Aflac, Daiso. Yeah, Daiso is gonna probably be in every conversation we have on every Daiso. packet. We're gonna have to go to them and say, "Come on, guys, really, we're helping you out." <laughs> all right, so we're we're gonna skip our second topic for the day since we went really long on this first one, which was awesome. I think we had a lot of good, we'll useful save it information. For another time. Yeah, we'll save it for another time. We will do this again soon, I'm sure. But we did want to close up with one last tip or one business best practice. And you'll be pretty broad. We like to go around. We call this lash busters. So we're going to start over <laughs> touch these I waving. She doesn't one. have one, I think. Today. I'll go. Go ahead, Erica. So this all correlates to everything we've been talking about and it's back to the loops. And I'm using this as my tip because especially whenever I talk to new lash stylists, they don't think that they need them. I didn't think I needed them when I first started. I have 20-20 vision, or at least I did two years ago. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I'm getting older now. But um, I didn't think I needed them. Oh, please. I know. I'm still still a young... She's the young one here. (laughs) Um, And and I would just say to encourage everybody who doesn't use any sort of magnification or loops to... To just do it, just try it. For us, the, the ones we use are made for dentists, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit of an adjustment looking through them. But once you get used to it, it's life changing, for real, life changing. And I don't know how I would ever do lashes without them now. And so that's my tip: like, just Great. look into it, get get them on your face. <laughs> And the price for those is around, I mean, we found a new vendor, I think it's around six, $700 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other vendors out there that we've paid up to $1,500 for. That's right. Um, Ultra Optics is the one that we've really liked their company, great company. But then there's the one, what's the, my mind just went blank on the company we've been using. But anyhow. No. You, know, <laughs> you know, you can be tempted, and we did this come, too, yeah. to go on eBay and find uh, a manufacturer from China. Bad idea. Uh, and, and we did that. And and I don't recommend it. They're they're really inexpensive, but the optics are not good. Yeah. If the optics are not good, it's blurry. It's hard to focus. You keep thinking you're going to get adjusted to it, but you can't. There's distortions in it. Right. So while it might be tempting to buy a $200 or $100 set... 
it is really not worth it in the long run. And you might even get so discouraged and thinking that you can't use them and it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Don't invest in the cheapest one that you possibly can. Yeah. The ones from China, you literally can get for like 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And they're just horrible. Yeah, I mean, don't they're go inconsistent. Don't use those. I mean, they really want to go through a respectable dental a company that provides for dentists. That's who you want to go through. That's why right. Ultra Optics, we really like. They build for dentists. Um, they do great product, and they've won a bunch of awards for their products, so they're they're very reliable. That's right. I got mine at the show, so I got a show price on mm-hmm. a custom, and, and it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So any tips from you today? Yeah, I have one tip. So it's really important to drink water. So like I have, um, I actually posted on my, my work Instagram one day, I looked over and I was doing lashes and I looked and I had like four or five different things of water to choose from. I had sparkling <laughs> water and flat water and my cup of tea and something else. Oh, and my An green IV drink. Drip. No, I had a green drink as well. So I giggled and thought, oh my God, I'm so hydrated. But it's really important, you know, just during your clients to take that second stretch, have a glass of water. It was a big ordeal right now on whether or not we drink from straws. <laughs> I don't drink from straws because I read straw. somewhere that doing that makes uh, your... You mean the um, pucker mouth? The pucker mouth. It uh, gives you wrinkles. wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to stay away from the doctor as long yeah. as possible, so I don't do the straw usually. I, I just use light stim around my mouth to yeah. get rid of wrinkles. That's and then one. also when you drink from a straw, your teeth don't get stained from tea and coffee. It's, uh, well, but I can't for a straw. Crest strips on. <laughs> Those things hurt so bad. Yeah, they do. Christina's not vain at all. <laughs> if you have the loops, you have to like lift the cup up and it's like yeah. an ordeal and then you go, go, no, go that's while, while the, the client's main, there. That's yeah. the main reason not all these vanity reasons, but the main reason I like a straw is because then I don't have to tilt your head up. Yeah. yeah. And probably the client doesn't want to hear you. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but I went to the uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium and they're like, straws are bad. They're polluting the oceans. You should try to stop using Paper plastic straws. straws. And I was going to buy the straw, but it was 20 bucks and it was a glass straw. And I'm thinking, How I'm going to lose that, that thing. I'm going to clean oh it. Gosh, yeah, you have no, to. You can get those. The, I'll paper get you one. some. Those no, those like sturdy plastic ones, or the metal. Oh. You mean don't the paper away. ones? No, the plastic ones. You can get them oh. at Starbucks. Oh, okay. Oh, like the Starbucks, like uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't throw it away, and then yeah, it doesn't disintegrate. We should do that. That's yeah. another thing to wash. Straws for everyone. Yeah. That's okay, right. wait. I have a part two of my tip. Okay. So to keep your coffee or your tea warm, I also invested. I went on Amazon. <laughs> I got a mug warmer for Mr. like coffee. Five like or ten dollars. Yeah, one too. nothing. Yeah, no. And it just keeps your tea warm all day. It's magic. <laughs> That's nice. I, I thought of a tip, actually. Oh, you did? It's about like... What would that be? Well, I wear glasses, readers now. Yeah. And so I filled up a spray bottle full of alcohol. It's not like a high-tech tip or anything, but... Before I sit down to work, I spray my glasses with that alcohol and I have a microfiber Mm -hmm. and I wipe the lenses and I wipe the lenses of my loops and I'm bright and shiny and clear to go. Yeah, that's a big one. You don't even realize it. You're like, why is it a little blurry? And then you clean it and it's brand new. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have the uh, anti-reflective coating on your lenses, it's almost like sponge. It absorbs like oil and it just, they get really cloudy and gross. It's kind of like when you take a picture in your camera and you know that it's all fuzzy because you've got fingerprints all over it. It's the same kind of visual effect with dirty glasses. 
All right. Well, I have my tip because I don't do lashes, but I do have one that I think people would find useful. This is something at the front desk we do. Um, it's common to, for people when they're texting. We do a lot of texting. Like, that's one of the things as a salon that we started doing like 10 years ago. Right off the bat, it became very easy to communicate to guests. At all hours, <laughs> Tuss would be texting people like at 1 a.m. And because people don't want to get phone calls in, but they love the text. So we basically got tired of using your thumbs all day, just doing texting away. So we actually got a keyboard and tethered the keyboard through Bluetooth to the phone. Mm -hmm. And that way the phone, you can now type and you're much faster. You know, you can type much quicker. I mean, I know some people will debate this, but you can definitely type much quicker on the keyboard than you can using your thumbs going after all the keys on your phone. And that's something we found really helps to speed up our ability to communicate quickly. And there's other tips with that. I'll give another time, but uh, we'll say that maybe in our next podcast. So anyhow, aside from all that, thank you guys. Thank you for all the great feedback. Hopefully you found that very useful if you're listening and we will, like I said, put this stuff in a PDF, two PDFs. One is some best practices. Another one will be a form that you can use to help track the see if you're doing all these things. So you're proactive as soon as you feel any sort of discomfort instead of waiting to get to that point where you have to miss work. Uh, we do have an exciting announcement. We have something coming up in on January 27th through the 29th of next year, 2018. We've been invited to come to the ISSE show in Long Beach. That's the International Slum and Spa Expo, and it's run by the PBA, the Professional Beauty Association. And we have the chance. We're going to teach lashes all day. Woo! At the ISSE. And this is the first time. This is really exciting. They've had classes on skin. They have nails. But no one's ever come and just taught lashes all day. And also what's really neat is that we have two different types of classes. We have our paid classes. And then we also have a couple free classes. The paid classes you will get a certificate for. And we're going to talk about certification in another podcast. But these are certificates saying you took the class. It's not saying here's a certificate that says that you can now go and do lashes. It's just a certificate saying that you've learned a skill, you learned about this idea, this concept. So while we really hope that people will grow and learn from this and gain a lot of knowledge and hopefully add to their tool belt the way they do lashes, it's not meaning like you come this one day and you should then afterwards walk out that door, hang up your shingle and start charging to do lashes. You're not ready. Please don't do that. But do come to this. Yeah. You have- well, it's kind of like uh, when you go to beauty school, you don't go to beauty school for a weekend and know how to do all the things that you're required to in the state of California for an esthetician it's 600 hours and for a cosmetologist what is it 1200 16. 1,600. So um, that's the same kind of concept. Yeah. I mean, some states like Texas and Illinois now, and I think there's others looking to add, have a certificate or a certification program through the state, like 300 hours is what you require in Texas. I'm not sure what it is in Illinois, which is great. That means you've actually done some work. You've been practicing and you're not just practicing on paying clients. You're practicing on people who understand that you're learning right now. But that's what we're going to be offering. We have four classes. Um, The cost 
is $300 for all of them, $75 for each class. Or if you buy the whole package, it's $240. They're going to give you a discount through the PBA. We're not selling that through us. That's going to be through the PBA website. If you type in ISSE 2018 or go to the PBA.org website, you can get a link to that and you can see how to sign up. That will be up really soon. Well, actually, probably by the time this podcast airs, it will be up. But as we're recording this now, at the end of September, it is not up. I believe in October is when it'll be up. So please go there, sign up. It'll be a great chance for you to learn. Here's the four classes. Let me just tell you what we have. The first one is called Lash Styling for Beginners. Now, this is a class that Erica's going to be teaching, and it's really going to be teaching our basic way we do lashes. It's actually, while it's for beginners, if you're doing lashes out there, volume, classic, whatever you're doing, this will be a different approach to lashing for you. So while it may still be a beginner class, if you've been doing lashes for a long time but want to up your classic game, and I like to say we do classic but like on steroids, mm-hmm. it's really quite different, and it really will challenge you in new ways and give you some new tools, and it's going to be a great class where you can really learn it's a lot of the basics of what we do and how we do lashes. We also have another class called Long Lasting Lashes. Learn how to make your lashes last four weeks or more with the Integrity Lash Bond. Tustin is going to teach this class. We actually taught this last year for the first time at ISSE, and we're going to be bringing it back. It was huge. The room was packed. We were turning people away. It was a great class, and we're really going to take what Erica is going to share and take it to the next level and really going deep on the bond. We're going to show you how we do it. It will be a demo. It won't just be us talking. Um, we won't. You will not with these classes because of the size and the limitation. We really want to have a breakout room for everyone so we can practice. But this year, ISSE said no to that. So hopefully, maybe next year we're thinking the following year, maybe if we can get another classroom where we can do a lot of hands-on, that would be really cool. But for this year, we're going to at least still demo it so you'll get to see how we do our bond. I promise you it's something that will really change your game and help you get much longer wearing lashes. And dare I say it, it is actually controversial. It is so controversial. I have to put it out there. Yes. We, we do things very differently than the rest of the industry, we'll, but we'll, we're we'll be challenge that. some of your thinking yeah. on lashing. The next class, which Christina is going to be teaching is called Lash Fills, Hacks and Tricks. So we're going to just share lots of stuff that we do behind the scenes, how we think about lashes, things that are going to help you speed up times, make better customer service, things. Well, you know. actually, I don't know if it will speed up their time. Yeah. Um, it's likely to make them go a lot slower. At yeah. first. In the beginning. At first. Yeah. yeah. You're going to adjust, but it's going to give you some new things and new ways to think about lashing. And then the last class is our most advanced class. It's called the Artistry of Classic Lashes for Experienced Lash Stylist. It's, again, it's going to go a little deeper, a little further on how we approach lashes from styling to the way we approach to the rose to all these different things that we do. Kind of our language, that we, how we talk about lashes in-house. Mm-hmm. And you'll get to see here to see that. Those are our four pay classes. Then we have two free classes. If you don't do lashes, maybe you're listening to this podcast right now and you're going, well, I'd love to do lashes, but I'm still debating. In fact, that's why maybe you're listening. You're trying to see if this is something that you really want to do. Well, we have the perfect class for you. It's called Lash Basics 101. What does it take to build a career in lashing? And Tusney and Christine are going to teach that. And they're just going to be basically talking about the pros and cons. Like, uh, you know, we just talked about 
potentially one of the cons about the injury, workplace injury, that type of stuff. But there's also obviously a lot of pros. And I think there's a lot of misinformation. I mean, I know a lot of training companies, they're just trying to sell the dream, right? They want you to come on, get excited like they're excited about lashes. And I think sometimes we maybe oversell just a tad. Well, and- I think that the the return on investment or the ROI can be a little bit uh, misleading. Yeah. People will say that you can make $100,000 in your first year, and it's very enticing. This class is about what is it, what in in real terms, what can you really expect? Yeah. What are the real numbers? I mean, Gladlash did this poll, and they put out there that 70% of all stylists make less than $50,000 a year doing lashes. Now, if that's true, then that $100,000 promise isn't quite true. I mean, there, I'm sure there are people doing that, and we're not talking about gross. A lot of people do it with 100000 maybe in business, but they don't take 100000 and put that in their bank when they're done. They still have to pay for all the bills. So we're going to talk real numbers, real pros and cons, so that you can really see if this is what you want to do. And it's a free class, so you don't have to pay. We'll do two of them, one on Sunday, one on Saturday, or one on Sunday, one on Monday, and then our pay class is going to be on that Saturday. Um, then I'm going to be having a class that no one's going to come to. It's going to be called Best Practices for Running Your Lash Business. It's so enticing. I know everyone's going to be just screaming to get in. It's uh, going to be in the business section of the training on the Sunday, I believe it is. And that's going to be a class where I'm just going to share like how we do things, like from hiring to you know fun HR tips to you know if you're, if you're also how to organize your front desk and how you take care of clients, best customer service type practices and so forth. So that's not going to be specifically just lashes, like how to do lashes, but more like, hey, if you want to have employees, how do you deal with that? How do you hire? How do you interview? So forth. So we're going to talk about that. And those are all our classes. And we're really hoping that you'll come. That's uh, something we're really excited about. We're really thinking this is going to be a huge uh, step towards having a conversation on some topics that we've always wanted to see put out on the table. And a lot of the stuff you hear us talking on this podcast is going to be really fleshed out in detail there. And you can come and meet us and hang out with us and get to see what we really look like in real life. (laughs) We're beautiful, beautiful people to see. Okay, so thank you guys so much for an awesome podcast. That's a wrap. We'd love to continue this discussion on social media. Please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash, where you can see what our lash salon is up to. You can also follow us on our, our lash professional Instagram account at integrity underscore lash biz. This Instagram account is focused on sharing tips and insights on the lash industry and how we run our lash salon. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you and you can basically submit questions or comments or feedback to us on our Twitter account. You can follow us at, at integrity lash. You can submit anything you want there. We will get back to you and you can do that on Instagram. You can DM us there too or on Facebook. All right, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for a wonderful hour or so. Thank you, everyone, who's been listening to this podcast. We really appreciate you coming and listening and taking some time out of your day. Thank you so much. Keep lashing, and we'll see you very soon.